On this week's episode, we're celebrating our favorite day of the year by discussing the Lake Bodom murders and walk you through the entire Friday the 13th series. So paddle your canoe to the pod shed. It's Friday the 13th, 2020, and we're cuddled up with hot toddies talking about murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your other host bailey or is it or (laughs) jason (laughs) is that you (laughs) happy friday the 13th yes motherfuckers it's our favorite day i can't believe as shitty as this year is we got two friday the 13th so and one like basically right after halloween i know could not be any better because we were coming down so hard it was such a low (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh we're so excited really gave me new life i'm so excited that we get to do this on friday the 13th fuck yeah because we always record on friday nights so anywho's we didn't even have to like make any kind of special arrangements to do this it was aligned in our in our stars um, I love Friday the 13th, but be here. That's probably, would you say, your all-time favorite horror uh, movie franchise? 1,010%. Mm-hmm. He's my guy. Yep. She's a Jason guy. She loves him. She has three outfit changes tonight, guys. We're going all out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hope you guys have had a great Friday the 13th. Um, hope nothing bad happened, but I hope it was fun. And that's just it. Like, it doesn't have to be a unlucky, superstitious kind of day. Like, just make it your own day. Make it whatever you want it to be. It's always been good for me. I went into labor on a Friday the 13th. Whoa. I almost had her. Of course, she just had to take her sweet ass fucking time. How? First of all, I didn't know that. Yeah. Second of all, how? I can't even wrap my brain around how happy you would have been. Oh, no. I if had your one and only child would have been born on Friday I the 13th. I literally asked the doctor to induce me that Thursday. Please. But he was off that night Mm. and he was afraid that if I went into labor, he's like, I've been through all of this with you. I want to deliver this baby. He's like, I will induce you first thing Friday morning. Sounds pretty selfish, Doc. I know. Didn't he know it was on the line here? And so I legit, he went up there, did what he needed to do. I went home. I got on a fucking stationary bike (laughs) (laughs) and I pumped and pedaled my ass until the contraction started. And we were in the hospital that night, Friday the 13th, but she just had to wait. You're all, push, push. They're like, no, you're not ready. No, push. No, it was legit like seven o'clock in the morning the following day. I'm like, you asshole. 11 o'clock, Friday the 13th rolls around. You're like, I think I need an emergency C-section, guys. I really feel like I need one. For reals, though. But yeah, and then my favorite aunt, the one that I think influenced me the most on my dad's side of the family, she was a Friday the 13th baby. Love it. Yeah. My son was not a Friday the 13th baby, but he was a 13th baby. So sometimes it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like, I think his first or second birthday was a Friday the 13th. Sure. And he was too young to, like... For it to matter. I know. mean, I could have done something, but he, have, yeah. he really liked Paw Patrol. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Stupid kids <laughs> and their stupid opinions. So one day, though, one day, someday, when he's a teenager, we'll throw him a fucking cool-ass Friday the 13th birthday party. It'll be epic. Um, I know you don't care about baseball or really sports in general. However, when Wyatt was born, uh, 
because my family's huge Giants fans. I know you feel a certain way about that. <laughs> baseball, Giants baseball. Uh, um, but anywho, uh, one of our pitchers at the time, Matt Kane, pitched a perfect game the day that Wyatt was born. So Lou cool. got to hold his son, who was only a few hours born alive, right. mm-hmm. and watch his Giants pitch a perfect game. That's pretty epic. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And up until we had Zoe, of course, it wouldn't work for her. But the Giants won a World Series when we had Lila and when we had Wyatt. Okay. So we're like, damn, put us on the payroll, Giants. Right? You want a World Series every time? Seriously. Um. Anyways, so we're excited for tonight. Um. How's going to be a doozy on my end. I'm, I'm taking you guys down the whole path. <laughs> <laughs> down, down a wooded path yeah in the <laughs> middle of a lakey foresty area <laughs> a lakey area <laughs> it's happening um anything mm. else how's your week been is this just the, the highlight absolutely okay fine yeah no um my boss even asked me today he's like for the love of god like what are you watching <laughs> that's so funny because they'll just walk by and they'll just hear like ah <laughs> We're like heavy breathing. And it's like, I'm not watching porn, guys. I swear. I'm not streaming porn at work. That's so funny. Uh, But I was telling you how much I really appreciate it. I take for granted how awesome the view is at my work. I do work literally on a lake. It's a man-made lake, but it's a lake nonetheless. So to walk into work today on my Friday the 13th shirt, it's a stormy, drizzly, dark, rainy day. And it's it, been storming all day here. Yeah. And to have that lake in the background is my view all day. Just watching my movies, fucking living my life, locked up in my little hole because <laughs> we're it. still closed. But yeah, it was the best. It was so great. Yeah. That's basically what I did, except for I didn't go to work or get paid. Yeah. But I just stayed inside the house right? and did the same <laughs> shit. And went, look how great the weather is. I'm so happy I'm inside. I oh, I loved it. My kids were on the trampoline like little psychopaths, mm-hmm. just living their life, screaming and freaking out. And- so I took Violet to the park yesterday, knowing that this weekend was just going to be a wash. It was just going to be cold and wet and windy. So I'm like, let's go run it out. And all of us parents bundled up. Yeah. You can barely see our faces. And the kids are out there in shorts oh, yeah. and T-shirts just fucking living it, just yeah. screaming like their own little heating generators, just running and... <laughs> Kids don't get cold. It's insane. Yep. Definitely. Um, So, okay. Do you want to start? Before we get into this, I have a fun fact that I forgot to talk about on Halloween. Oh, I need this. Okay. Okay. Edmund Kemper. Mm -hmm. I knew this when we did John Wayne Gacy and I was keeping it in my back pocket for the Halloween episode. And then because I'm me, I forgot about it. (laughs) You've been saving it all this time and then oops. So remember how John Wayne Gacy was a JC? He was yes. part of that club? Yes. So was Edmund Kemper. Of course he was. So Edmund Kemper was also a JC. Of course. <laughs> so there's your Edmund Kemper fun fact. Oh my goodness. And then I was also going to ask you, do you know where Friday the 13th came from? Like what started Friday the 13th as like a quote unquote bad luck day? No. I didn't even think to look that up. I didn't look it up. I saw it. I, I used to watch a lot of History Channel okay. before it became like, reality shows yeah. um so listen if i get the titles of things wrong i just uh, i apologize now because it was a long time ago and i was very high right, when i was we're watching not it historians <laughs> obviously <laughs> but friday the 13th i believe so remember the spanish inquisition sure so the spanish inquisition was against the knights templar like the ones you read about yeah, yeah, in the yeah. da vinci code yeah, yeah yeah so at some point somebody wanted to round up all the knights templar and get answers out of them their secrets their, i don't know what they wanted from them but okay. 
Friday the 13th is when they rounded up all the Knights Templar and started the Spanish Inquisition, torturing them all. Oh, that's fun. So that's what started Friday the 13th. Love it. So there you go. Knights Templar. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The Knights Templar. All right. So that's Edmund Kemper. That's the Knights Templar. Let's roll, baby. Let's roll. So uh, thank goodness B has a lot of things to talk about this week because I am doing... The case of the Lake Bodam murders in Finland. Is this tied to Friday the 13th? No, it is not. It has nothing to do with the movies. Is it the closest lakeside murder we could find involving teenagers? Yes. And if you fucking Google it, is it like one of the first things that comes up? (laughs) It might be the only thing that comes up. Right? It's the closest thing we're going to get. So this is our only excuse and time to be able to do our beloved Friday the 13th series. So this is what you're getting. The Finnish murders, Lake Bodom. Yeah. Bodom. I'd said Bodom, but yeah, I mean. Guess what, guys? I mispronounce English words all the time. So (laughs) get ready for this Finnish pronunciation of names. It's not going to work out great for me. Oh, and I'm also um, already like two vodka drinks in before we even got to the podcast. Oh, snap. Okay. You know. Happy Friday the 13th It's Friday the 13th, baby. Let's get it loose. Plus, I know I didn't have very much case to talk about. It's no, so you're uh, like, I'm just going to really go off. It's no Snowtown murders. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes place in beautiful Finland, neighbor to Sweden, one of the most safest countries on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Between the years of 1950 and 2018, they've had an average of anywhere between 55 and 150 murders a year. Yeah. Can you imagine what that compares to America? I, I, no. Right? <laughs> but like, what, an hour? <laughs> For real. Um, and Lake Bodom, or Bodom, is located in South Finland in Espoo. E-S-P-O-O. There you go. So this takes place June 4th, 1960. 15-year-old Myla or Meli Bjorklund. And her friend Anja Tuluki Maki Maki are on a camping trip with their 18-year-old boyfriends, Seppo and Taro Boisman and Nils Wilhelm Gustafsson. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So we are on a camping trip. It all starts off normal and perfect and wonderful. They go to a very popular camping spot on the shores of Lake Bodom. And they're hanging out, having a great time. The early morning hours of June 5th, between 4 and 6 a.m., they are attacked. Um, and uh, they're, okay, so whatever. So around 6 a.m., these boys who are bird watching, they're the first ones to find the campsite. They see it from afar. Um, they s- reportedly see a blonde man leaving the campsite. And they're kind of, they don't really think much of it. They keep walking, yeah. right? I wouldn't think anything. 11 a.m., the campsite's officially found with the bodies of our campers by this man. And he finds the tent ripped to shreds. He finds their belongings scattered about. And he finds um, on the inside of the tent, Anja and Seppo are both dead. Myla is dead on top of the tent next to Nils. Mm Mm-hmm. Nils and, Ma- and Myla, our boyfriend, girlfriend, okay. Seppo and Anja, our boyfriend, girlfriend. Nils is still alive. Mm. He's been attacked 
Um, he has lots of bruising. He's got broken facial bones and a fractured jaw, but he is still technically alive. The rest of his friends have been bludgeoned and stabbed to death. Um, his girlfriend, Myla, has been especially attacked. She's been stabbed numerous times after death and is found naked from the waist down. Damn. Um, police show up. They start doing their thing. At some point, they figure out that they were actually attacked. Everybody was attacked inside the tent, but the killer attacked them from outside the tent. Right. So the, the, the killer beat and mm -hmm. stabbed through the sides of the tent mm -hmm. blindly mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, they cannot find the murder weapons, but they do find um, some things missing. They find the motorcycle keys have been stolen, but both motorcycles are still there. Interesting. Various items from the group of friends are missing, including Nils' shoes are missing, but then they find his shoes about a half mile away, and blood from the other three people who are not Nils are on the shoes, so they believe that the killer wore Nils' shoes to do the attack. Bizarre. Maybe to like cover up the footprints okay. or the tracks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. But the police kind of mess up a few things, especially being 1960. Um, they don't like rope off the area. They don't secure the crime scene. Okay. So these um, people that they get to come help them look for evidence, look for the missing items, they come trample all over the scene. Yeah. Then once every once the police leave, here comes all the looky loos yep. and curious campers. Absolutely. They come trample all over the scene. So mm -hmm. the evidence is a no go. Not to mention they didn't even find the place until like what, like five hours yeah, after like the fact. Six hours, yeah. I think. Um so that's kind of our true crime case. Okay. I can so let's get no, into leads. Let's get yeah. into our um suspects, yeah. our main suspects. So one of them is Carl Valdemar Gilstrom. Okay. He owns and operates a kiosk, mm -hmm. which um, for those of you that can't picture it, it's like a little, almost like a little stand that you can get like market items if you're camping. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's known for being very hostile to the campers. <laughs> he throws rocks at them. He yells obscenities at them. He's making a pretty penny. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and he does end up confessing both when he's drunk and when he's sober. But for whatever reason, the police don't take him seriously. And nine years later, he actually commits suicide by drowning himself in Lake Bodom. Interesting. Because to be fair, I don't really take him seriously either. But then why would he kill himself? So. Okay. So that brings us to me trying to figure out where I'm at on my paper. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> Hold on. Um, okay, that takes us to, okay, I know this isn't how you say his last name, but this is how I'm going to say his last name. Hans Assman. <laughs> it's yes. probably like Osman. Love a good ass man. But it's A-S-S-M-A-N-N. -N. Mm -hmm. um, he's our next suspect. He's a local recluse. The rumors are that he was a spy for the KGB. Mm. Um, and there's because of his behavior and how reclusive he is, he's kind of weird. He also is like a local suspect of like, I guess, other assaults or murders or something. But none of those prove to be true. Regardless of that, the day after our murders happen, Hans 
goes to a hospital with like his fingernails caked in dirt, his clothes covered in red stains. Uh-huh. He's being super aggressive to the staff and this super more like it. nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a solid alibi that he was not in the area that night. So the police are like, whatever, that's not our guy. He has an alibi. So that's it. No one is backing up this alibi. Just that, no, I just wasn't there. <laughs> no, he has an alibi. Uh, an alibi means like... Other people are... With you. Okay. So, and like an even more solid alibi would be like if you were at work. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, no, she's officially at work. All right. So other people are backing up the story that he was yes, not Yes, that's there what anymore. an alibi is. Okay. Um, so he has apparently a pretty solid alibi, so they don't think it's him. But the doctors at the hospital are like, bro, the, those stains are blood. Like, we know blood when we see it. Like, you should look into this but guy. But could they all, not check the blood without permission? Well, I don't even know how much you can check the blood in 1960. Because remember, DNA is a pretty... Okay. I think it didn't come around to, like, the 80s. Okay. So, um, I mean, he could always claim it's fucking deer blood. Right. Like, no, they don't know sure. anything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, But he does match the description a little bit of the blonde man that, the that was seen. Mm-hmm. And after that article in the newspaper comes out talking about that blonde man, um, you know, Hans just so happens to change his hair. Oh. So. Yeah. You know. Total not suspicious. Yeah. No coinky dink there. So I think it was Hans that was their main suspect for a long time, like decades, even though they didn't have enough evidence to they bring him in stuck on anything. On that, so. Until mm. March of 2004. Shut your face. Nils Gustafsson is arrested and brought to trial. Apparently, the police have always suspected Nils. Oh, sure. They didn't have enough evidence to bring it in. Um. So now a million years later. <laughs> yep. So they really, the the whole shoe thing and his blood wasn't on the shoes. And so that's always like piqued their suspicion. Yeah. So the prosecutors come up with this story, their theory that um, Nils and Seppo got into some sort of fight and altercation. Okay. And um, that Nils was drunk. Maybe they were all drunk. Right. And they go into the tent and then Nils stays outside of the tent kind of just fuming. And Seppo goes out to talk to him. And it escalates. And it turns into like a like a violent confrontation. Yeah. And Nils snaps and kills his all of them. friends and girlfriend. And then and beats the shit out of him. Well, well they're saying that the if process. he gets the in the fight with Seppo, that's how he got yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. most of the damage. I could see and that. then after he killed everybody, he get, he staged the scene, mm-hmm. gave himself some more self-inflicted wounds to look even worse. Yeah, I got that. Okay. Okay. His defense claims if he was really that hurt in this big fight he had with his friend, how would he walk <laughs> the half a mile to stage the scene? And like, how would he do all the stuff he did? Move the bodies and yeah. scatter the the evidence, okay. and and also where's the where's the murder weapons? Right. If he staged the scene, where the, you guys couldn't find the murder weapons, mm-hmm. um, and they agree with his defense. His defense wins, and he is, uh, you know, let go, let go, free man. Yep, and that's it. There's no more. So they ep- never. They no. so this is still Finland's longest unsolved case hmm. and there you go there's the lake bodon murders i got everything from all that's interesting.com our girl katie serena i have to see if her name's katie i'm pretty sure it's katie serena she's the same one who did our albert fish 
article. Awesome. Yeah, Katie Serena. So I wish I had more. I dug deep. I tried to find like things on YouTube, like documentaries or yeah. anything. And everybody had pretty much this information. Some things had maybe a, a couple little things. But I've also heard that this case has been like the rumors have run rampant on this case. Like it's one of those things like a tall tale. Like it keeps getting bigger and bigger every time someone tells it. And so I was trying to just stick to the same stuff I kept seeing over and over and over again. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. The Lake Bodom murders. Hey, guys, it's M. I'm going to cut the podcast right here. Pause. Um, B does a whole review for the movie Bodum. Um, and it's great and it's funny. And I throw my two cents in there. But honestly, my favorite part of this episode was us talking about Friday the 13th, walking you through the entire Friday the 13th series. Um, I loved this part of this episode. Might be some of my favorite stuff we've ever recorded. So I'm going to keep B's review for Bodum and tack it on at the very end. So at the end of the podcast, when you hear us say, we'll see you next time, hang in there for a second. If you want to listen to B's review of the movie Bodum, like I said, it's funny. It's a great review, but I wanted to hurry up and get to the really good stuff, which was um, the Friday the 13th section of this week's podcast. So that's what you're going to hear now is us starting to talk about Friday the 13th and then hang on for the end if you want to hear B's review of the movie Bodum. All right. Thank you. You should just fill up both our cups so we don't have to reach for the bottle again for a while. All right. We're going off. All right. We got that out of the way. We did an actual movie based on it, but that's not what we're here for. That is not what we're here for. It's Friday the 13th. It's Jason Day. It's everything. Okay. So I am also going to point out, so this is my normal little portfolio. Oh, God. I want to see it. Are you going to pull a dictionary out, a whole binder? But I have another color. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you had so much on Friday the 13th that you were going to pull out a three-wing binder. No, but I figure he at least needed like his own cover, right? His own color. Listen, don't throw this one away. This one we saved. Yeah. Uh We put it in the archives. And I think that Friday the 13th does a little bit better job of not mixing up our history timeline so much, so... Yeah, you know, be. Halloween likes to keep it a little funky. Yeah, that should be a little bit less confusing. So Jason, at 11 years old, 1957, that's when he dies at okay. Camp Crystal Lake. It's one year later that two camp counselors are killed at Camp, camp Crystal Lake and the killer is never found. Okay, really, really fast. Yeah. Do they ever explain how he went from an 11-year-old to a fucking size of a monster? Well, according to the movie, it's just because he never died. Okay, fine. Fair enough. I'll take that explanation. Thank you. But then why does he change sizes movie to movie? Like some movies, he's an average size man. Well, Michael does that too. It's because it's different actors. Mm -hmm. But I just mean, you're supposed to think that he's like a really big guy the whole time. But he does kind of go from like child form to adult form. I get. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. So... Because the first movie, even though they have to recount the fact that he was 11 when he died, it was a year later that the first two counselors end up being killed. And then we jump forward 22 years. Okay. 22 years, Friday, June 13th, 1980. So if he never died, he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the camp is being Hilarious. reopened for the first time. All right. I like to think of millennial Jason <laughs> in his 30s just having a life crisis. Right? 
<laughs> it's a dark, stormy night, and I'm not going to go into everybody's deaths and all this, but what's the best thing to come out of this movie? What? Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Kevin motherfucking <laughs> Bacon, right? Yeah, of course. Kevin Bacon's character goes into one of the cabins to have sex, immediately following the girl leaves, and he's just fucking living his best life, stretches out. And through the bottom of the cot, mm -hmm. he gets stabbed through the neck with yes. an arrow. Yep. Okay. So I read up on Kevin Bacon because I was curious. Six he, degrees. He does not regret the role at all. And we all How, know. Why would you? Well, and we all know that like he's gone on to do other scary movies. He's done one recently that I just watched. It's not a horror movie. It's a supernatural thriller or whatever. But still. And I quote. He's like, I'm always horrified by the fact that when it comes to autograph hounds, it's probably the number one picture that I'm asked to sign. Me. Blood coming out <laughs> of my mouth, an arrow through my neck. <sighs> you know, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but after a while, it just gets to you. Like, really? I have to sign another picture of me dead? <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. That's what I'm saying. So I thought that that was kind of funny. And by the way, I, I would never ask Kevin Bacon for an autograph, but if I would, if that would be the picture. That would be the picture I would show up percent. with. <laughs> That's what I'm. It's the best. I'd have that shit printed on a T-shirt. Can you sign my T-shirt? And also, Camp Crystal Lake is a real place. It's an actual oh, summer camp, and still? it's still open. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think it goes by the name Camp Crystal Lake, but it's legit where they filmed the oh, movie. Oh, God, I thought it was Camp Crystal Lake. I at, almost just lost my whole breath. At the time of filming, it was an active Boy Scout camp. But it's not any longer? Like, it's still a summer camp for kids, but, like, they had Boy Scouts there doing Boy Scout training while they were filming please. people dying. <laughs> please, Bailey, please. Just one summer send Violet there. I know. And it's in New Jersey. I was going to say, it has to be on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. That's We don't really have summer camps out here like they do on the East Coast. All right. So we'll skip to the end of the movie. We've got our one survivor, Alice. She sees a car pull up. She's hoping it's someone there to save her. Who is it? Mm. Who could it be? Mama Voorhees? That's right. Miss Pamela Voorhees. And she claims to be a friend of the family that oh, owns the camp. Friends. Right? And she's so concerned for this poor girl and what's happened to her. But then goes into this rant <laughs> about what happened to this boy so many years ago and how today would have been his birthday. Of course. Right? And so... Alice is kind of like, all right, what the fuck is up with this bitch? <laughs> Realizes what's going on. And the two of them have this epic battle where Mrs. Voorhees ends up rushing her with the machete. Alice gets the upper hand and uses the machete to decapitate Mrs. Voorhees. Bye, mama. Right. Off goes her head. What would you do after decapitating somebody? Um, Scream maybe cry a lot and then go find a police officer right bitch gets into a canoe definitely don't want to do that at camp crystal lake and takes a fucking nap or passes out right what? yeah she <laughs> falls asleep in a I canoe know. she's in the middle of the lake and jason <laughs> in small boy form <laughs> yeah an 11 year old boy form jumps out of the water and pulls her in or did he because Ooh. she ends up waking up in the hospital. <gasps> Ooh. And they don't know what the fuck she's talking about. They're like, well, yeah, we just pulled you out of the water. You're the only one that's alive. Everybody's dead. And she's like, well, so you didn't find the little boy? And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And it ends with her being like, then he's still there. Oh. 
All right. So I love that she absolutely will not accept that it could have possibly been a dream, a hallucination. A- no. Then he's still there. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> right. in the lake. After the night she had, after killing somebody. The amount of mental trauma she has. And she's like, no. Nope, the only logical thing. <laughs> definitely somebody who lives in a lake. <laughs> so part two comes in two months after Alice has decapitated Mrs. Voorhees. She's obvi- obviously suffering PTSD. She's got night terror. She's on edge. So trying to calm herself. She has a hot shower and makes herself some tea. She goes to open up her refrigerator and finds Mrs. Voorhees' head in her refrigerator as she then gets stabbed through her head with an ice pick. By somebody who's now a full-grown man. Exactly. In normal clothes. Mm-hmm. In, like, overalls and, like, a plaid shirt yep. looking like a normal-ass fucking man. No big deal. All right. So it's five years after her death that Camp Crystal Lake is finally condemned, right? But there's a new camp being opened nearby and the counselors are arriving for their orientation. And they're wild. Mm-hmm. So all the same shit's about to go down that we all know good Jason's for and we have our sole female survivor, Jenny, and she stumbles upon his cabin in the woods where okay. she finds the shrine of Mrs. Voorhees' head, the sweater, the mm-hmm. whole thing. And mm-hmm. she's like, the motherfucker who's killing us at camp has got to be Jason. Also, I love that he carries he carried his mom's head to the refrigerator just to scare the girl. And then back to and the shrine. Back to the oh, shrine. Oh, for sure. Amazing. Yeah. No, Amazing. Oh, this head gets around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Smarty Pants Jenny decides that she's going to try to psych Jason out. So she puts on the sweater. Mm-hmm. Right. And does the whole act. And Jason is smart enough. He sees his mom's head still on the table. Right. <laughs> Way to put it together, Jace. And if I had to guess, I want to say his machete was probably part of her shrine. Right. Because it was his mom that used the machete. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how he gets his machete. And at this point, he does not have his mask. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mama's shrine is how he gets his machete. And... In a surprise twist, there is another survivor, Paul, and he comes to Jenny's aid and he like tackles Jason and it gives her the chance to then stab Jason with the machete. Kay. So they, of course, think he's dead. Of course. Right. Nobody ever double taps in any of these fucking movies. No, nope. they take off his sack of a mask in this movie uh-huh. and we get a full view of his deformed, disfigured face. Yeah. Right. And they're like in shock. <laughs> Not only from the night, but from his face. So they're just like, all right. They've never seen anybody with any kind of. Yeah. So they're (laughs) just like, okay, we're going to go back to camp. They're looking for shelter from the storm. They got to try to get through the night and figure out what they're going to do. But Jason's not done. Jason's never dead. He fucking smashes through the whole side of the cabin. Yep. Right. Remember that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And pulls Ginny out. And the movie ends with a shot of our mummified head. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Right. Part three was released 1982 in 3D. Hey! Right? And the only reason I know this is because special thanks to Ryan, he got me a copy. Oh, fun. So I have a 3D version where you have the old school glasses with like the red lens. Does it work? 
enough and um, as much as it would have back then fantastic yeah how I mean, exciting mm-hmm, there's just a few things that jump out at you it's it kind of hurts by the end you got a headache but still <laughs> especially just, if you're supposed to be wearing glasses like we are yeah um and this one is not at the campground this one's at a lakefront property called higgins haven mm. we've got our main character chris higgins she was attacked two years prior by a disfigured person yep. at the lake, and mm-hmm. she's been horrified ever since. Not so horrified that she moves away from the lake, but... Well, no, she did. She's coming back now to face her fears. Oh, right. Wow. She's very brave. Yes, she did. Not me, I would have never came back to nope. that fucking lake. She <laughs> has come back with her friends, and they're convincing her, basically, that she's crazy and needs to get over it, and so... Well, that's a little a bit of a harsh... That's nope. easy for you to say mm-hmm. if you haven't been attacked by a disfigured man. And so, um, unbeknownst to them, Jason's been hiding out in the barn on the property, recovering since the last movie. And this is the movie where he gets his hockey mask after slashing the throat of one of the friends who had used it to scare one of the girls. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So we finally got our mask. Chris comes face to face with Jason, who takes off the hockey mask, revealing to her his face so that she knows damn well. Yeah, I'm the one that tried to kill you two years ago, bitch. And I'm And I'm back. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So she manages to find an axe and slams it into Jason's skull. Yes, girl. Get it. And she fucking gets it. Like, you would think motherfucker be dead, but Jason's not just any average guy. Can't kill him. Nope. So, again, after slamming an axe into a motherfucker's head, what's the logical thing to do? Go swimming? Right? Get in a canoe. Canoe. (laughs) Get in a fucking canoe. But this time... It's not Jason pulling her out of the boat. It's Mama Voorhees. Mama Voorhees. And her head has magically been reattached to her body. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> ghost demon Mama Voorhees. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much, though. All right. Next one, the final chapter. How many are there in total? 11. Do you think they'll stop on the 13th? They have to do 13 and then be like, and we're out. That would be brilliant. Okay. I can only hope, right? Hope okay. for the best. So we got the final chapter. That, and, well. <laughs> yeah, 1984. Immediately following the events of the last movie with the dummies thinking that Jason's fucking dead from the axe in his head. Like that could stop him. Right. So he's taken to the morgue where he just comes back to life, right? Nothing significant happens. He just comes back to life and starts a new killing spree. But we're back at Camp Crystal Lake. We are back at How our How does lake. he get back to the lake? That's a really good question. Walks. <laughs> he right? just walks. Yeah, he just strolls, right? Because his walk is like as fast as I run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got some big hitters in this movie. We have Crispin Glover. Wow. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, you will. It's George McFly from Back to the Future. It's the dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Corey Feldman. Hey, <laughs> that I know. <laughs> When at first, because I heard the last name Glover, so I went to Donald Glover, right. Don- and I'm like, no, nope, no. Nope. Well, once I heard the name and I saw the face, I'm like, I know he's famous. So yes, back to By the By the future. way, at some point, should we mention, like, what is everybody doing that really pisses Jason off? Like, what are... All of you, my favorite things. What should you not be doing if you were... Right. First of all, should you even be a teenager near Jason? No. Is that alone enough for him to hate you? Yes. But drinking, drugs... 
Having sex. sex. Mm-hmm. Just having a good time in general. Any kind of like teenage <laughs> fun because that's why he drowned, right? Was because the teenage they, counselors were doing correct. something. They, they were, were having around. sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so he drowned because he was... They were supposed to be watching him, but they were partying instead. So now all these teenagers in these movies, all in these counselors. In 1957, they were partying so hard. Well, that's the thing is they probably weren't partying that hard. But in the 50s, it's like, what do you have to do to party hard? Like For real. Smoke their jazz cigarettes and listen to Elvis yes, or whatever. Exactly. Um, so Corey Feldman plays Tommy Jarvis, who is basically the equivalent to Tommy Doyle from the Halloween movies. Right. Right. Super similar. The Jarvis family owns a house on the lake and a group of teens rented a house nearby. Right. Okay. The group of teens invites Tommy's sister to party with them. And on her way to that house, she finds a hitchhiker. Oh, girl. Right. Nice oh. enough for her. She decides to spark up a friendship with this hitchhiker who reveals that he's in the area to avenge his sister's death. <laughs> perfect his sister being killed by jason in the second movie and uh they leave tommy alone at the house while they go to the house full of teens because she's obviously going to party but the hitchhiker is like nope i know that's a bad idea all right hitchhiker he's like a house full of teens having a good time just ask for trouble yep right but while tommy is left alone he goes through some of the hitchhiker's shit and finds like newspaper articles and realizes like all the murders that have actually gone down in this area where their house is having no clue prior to any of this. Mm-hmm. And while they're gone, he shaves his head to make himself look like a young Jason, like where he leaves. Oh, cause he's going to like scare people. I don't know. Right. At this point, I'm not really sure what he's doing, but okay. it works out great because at the house they run into Jason with the teens right mm-hmm. they run into Jason they drag him back to the house where Tommy is when they run and look for a place to hide and so Tommy's there like oh I got this he's like <laughs> again we'll just fake Jason out I'll pretend like I'm him <laughs> okay yeah so they do they bring him into the house and Tommy definitely distracts Jason gets his attention where Jason is noticeably confused like what the fuck is up with this little boy? Yeah. Right? Because he, one of the things I love about Jason, he's not down to kill the kids. Right. Right? So at this point, Tommy is the same age Jason would have been when he died. And also, don't take this the wrong way, B. Jason's always seemed a little dumb to me. Well, of course he is. I mean. Like, remember we talked about Michael Myers? You always, you said, no, like, he seems smart. He's manipulative. Jason is not smart. No, Jason's a always thousand percent. a little bit of, like, you know golden retriever energy oh, a thousand percent and i think that's why i love him i know i i'm yeah. on board i'm with you absolutely no but like I, that shit would have never worked on michael myers oh no like, michael would have been like girl <laughs> <laughs> come on so while jason is distracted tommy's sister tries to attack him but all she manages to do is knock off his hockey mask <laughs> well look it's the thought that counts literally so she is then in shock based on his face like doesn't know what to do i love how shocked everyone is by somebody with like a facial abnormality uh-huh, right <laughs> but never seen anything like tommy that. is completely unfazed and he picks up that fucking machete and he goes hard okay on jason. tommy 
to the point where he like completely loses control over himself. Oh. His sister is screaming at him to stop and he Don't stop. Don't no. ever stop. He doesn't. <laughs> Not against Jay. Well, he read the articles. He's like, no, no, no. I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So the end of the movie ends with a shot of Tommy looking completely whacked out of his mind. So we're kind of under the impression that. It's going to be the next Jason. Kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So. A New Beginning, 1985. By the way, so now we're on uh, episode five, movie five. Correct. B is halfway through her Uh-oh. second page of paper. We got this. I promise. No, I know. I just think it's hilarious. Yep. It's also very small type. I know. Tommy is 15 and he's been living in a halfway house, right? And okay. he's trying to adjust. Is this still Corey Feldman? <sighs> no. Okay. No, no, no. New actor. Mm-hmm. Um, at the halfway house... There's an altercation between two other people, right? Okay. And it results in one killing the other. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, so completely unrelated to Jason, these two halfway house people kill each other. Are fucking crazy. One kills the other, yeah. So that does wonders for poor Tommy. He's freaking out. (laughs) Who's already dealing with this Jason shit, and now this is going on at his halfway house. And after that, other bodies start showing up around town. Oh, my we Lord. We got a few hitchhikers pop up, some hospital orderlies, and the people of the town are now convinced that Jason's back, right? Right. Tommy thinks that he's seeing things, that he's hallucinating things when he is actually being confronted by Jason, right? And he gets attacked, but he manages to escape. And he tricks Jason, and Jason ends up falling out of a loft window onto a plow truck, (laughs) impaling him, Yeah, where it's revealed that it is, in fact, not Jason. Yeah. It is the father of the boy from the halfway house who was killed. Okay. And he took on Jason's persona to seek his own revenge. Which makes sense to me, because... I can't imagine why Jason would have any beef with this Tommy Exactly. He's not doing shit. But Tommy still can't let it go. Because <laughs> here we are at Jason Lives. 1986. Movie and 6. To be fair, this is one of my personal favorites. All like, right. This is the one I come back to over and over again. Tommy is a grown-ass man, and he has escaped the mental hospital he's been institutionalized in for the past six years. And he is intent on getting rid of Jason's body for good by cremating him. Okay. Okay. So he digs up Jason's body where he's finally been laid to rest in a cemetery. Okay. But again, the sight of Jason pisses him off so bad that he picks up a fucking pole and starts stabbing the body. (laughs) Dude, this guy. (laughs) And it's another dark, stormy night. And he's doing this on Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Which feels like a terrible idea, of Tommy. Course, i got to be honest. Right? You, he should know better by now. If anyone should know better. And the fucking pole gets hit by lightning. <laughs> which And revitalizes uh, Jason And Voorhees. here we go. Oh. Very Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Tommy, of course, tries to warn the town sheriff. The sheriff knows who Tommy is and like, bro, you fucking crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine going to the town sheriff right. with the lightning story? <laughs> he throws fucking Tommy's ass in jail, right? Which, I mean, good on the sheriff. I kind of think I would, too. And also, I appreciate that commitment to try to explain a little bit, even if it's very far-fetched, of like an explanation for things versus Halloween. They're like, 
this is what it is. Just fucking deal with just it. Just go with it. You just have to deal with the fact that you can't kill him. Mm-hmm. You got to get over it. No, they try really hard. They really, they tried. <laughs> so even though he can't convince the sheriff, the sheriff's daughter happens to overhear the conversation and herself being a counselor at the newly revamped Camp Forest Green. Ooh. Is it at Camp Crystal? It is. They've renamed it. Perfect. Right? They're trying to separate itself from its past. She believes him. And she's like, all right, cool. I'm down to help you kill this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Love it. Right? So Tommy convinces her that they need to lure Jason back into the lake. By fucking. (laughs) Sorry. If only. (laughs) I know. Just kidding. only. (laughs) No, I know. She does try to fuck him, though, the whole time. I mean, They're literally, like, in a high-speed chase. (laughs) <laughs> trying to like hide from her dad and she's like running her leg or hands in between yeah, his legs while they're driving her Camaro. 70s mm-hmm. and 80s slasher movies. That's all anybody wanted to do. Absolutely. Well, not to mention this is also the movie where the two kids fuck in the motorhome and they're driving home and the girl gets dragged into the bathroom by uh-huh. Jason and the boyfriend's rocking out and he's like, what are you doing back there? Taking a wicked dump? <laughs> <laughs> fucking good we just have to keep in mind for all you children out there listening how much cocaine was in every single person's system from the writers to the producers to the directors to the actors to the cameraman to the sound guy to the caterers and we also out of their heads to keep in mind that i was watching these movies middle school if not elementary school definitely middle school for me not elementary school but because of you middle school because you had me watch them because i had already been watching them yeah yeah no so i probably started watching these when i was like fourth or fifth grade yeah that's Mm -hmm. hilarious that's so funny i'm uh i would have been fine watching them they just weren't part of like like my mom doesn't watch horror movies right but, like, I was watching, like, heavy metal when yeah. I was in, like, second grade. Because my stepdad's all, it's a cartoon. Right. Like, well. It's I, got lots of pretty colors. Technically, yeah. it's a cartoon. <laughs> but, yeah, um, my parents just didn't watch horror movies. So, to be fair, I think I ended up going to a friend's house who lived in the apartments down the street when we were still allowed to walk to people's houses. Mm-hmm. And her mom would always be working. She was a single mom, and it was up to her older brother to watch us. So I think yeah, that's that's for sure. How, yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. Look, we both turned out semi okay. Absolutely, we have a not popular podcast. <laughs> so Tommy's on a boat. I'm on a motherfucking boat. Lures Jason into the lake, and they ambush him with a chain that's attached to a boulder, like a big ass <laughs> fucking rock. Right. Perfect. Right. They do get the chain on Jason and he starts going down, but not without taking Tommy with him. Okay. Right. So now the so chick. So they're trying to drown him? Yes. They want to trap him in the lake. They Don't think, they know that he lives in a lake? No. They think that the lake is where he needs to be. Like. Okay. I know. I think they should go back to their cremation theory. Idea. I agree. Believe me. But they try to trap him in the lake. He gets dragged down with him. And then the girl uses the boat propeller. Yep. I remember this. On Jason's head. Yeah. To get him to let go of Tommy. Mm-hmm. Right. So the movie ends with Jason being dragged to the bottom of the lake alive, but powerless. Like he's stuck. Yep. Right. So new blood. We've got a. Tele- what year is this? 1988. Oh, my so gosh. They're still in the 80s. They skipped one year. Okay. Okay. We've got a telekinetic team by the name of Tina. Mm-hmm. She accidentally killed her abusive alcoholic father when she was 10 by 
using her powers and like knocks him into the lake and he dies. Okay. Okay. So it's 10 years later for her. Her doctor decides to release her from her institution and take her back to Camp Crystal Lake where her house is Mm -hmm. in hopes of having her kind of confront her past and kind of get over everything or so we think. Yep. Right. Instead, he ends up being a huge piece of shit, Mm -hmm. takes her there for the sole purpose of keeping her stressed to the max so that he can manipulate her and try to figure out her powers. What a piece of shit. Right. So after an extremely stressful session between the two of them at this lake house, she goes out to the dock where she killed her dad. Mm -hmm. She believes that she can feel his presence, Mm -hmm. tries to communicate with her dead dad. Who does she communicate with? Oh, you know who she right. communicates with. Our boy. And here we go. Jason is resurrected and ready to go. He does his thing, kills a whole bunch of people, but it's only after he kills Tina's mom <laughs> that Tina decides to do anything about it with her fucking powers. Right? Like, right. Yeah. You could have, listen, 11, mm-hmm. you have done so much. Yeah. So she let all these other people die, but once her mom dies, right, fair like, enough though. Right, she gets pissed off enough that she's gonna try to use her powers to stop Jason. She does at this point manage to contact her dead dad. Oh, who comes out of the lake? Yep, and pulls Jason down. Perfect, and reattaches him to his chains and fantastic. His <laughs> I love the writing. I just don't you wish you could be a fly on the wall when they write this shit sometimes yeah. you're like it, everyone's like like perfect. How, how are we gonna bring him back this time perfect idea guys <laughs> and stop him again they're like listen we got exactly how we're gonna stop it yeah. until the next movie uh-huh. now we've got another one Jason takes Manhattan 1989 <laughs> all right al- alone the fucking title sounds like a Broadway musical right I know. that is the most 80s thing in the world takes Manhattan. So I get it. It's super cheesy. It's basically the Halloween 6. Yeah. The Curse of the Thorn where they just go off the rails. Everything's fucking bogus. But it's a great movie. And it's the reason I am who I am today. (laughs) (laughs) And he's in New York. Does he take Manhattan? Oh, he does. Why is he in Manhattan? Let's get there. So one of the fun facts about this movie, 1989, right? We've really stepped it up with like the movie effects. So they had an original rating of X. Whoa. For Takes Manhattan? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez. Mm Mm-hmm. But they ended up cutting a bunch of the deaths short or made them less graphic to get a rating of R because they knew it would be more profitable. I cannot believe they got an X rating. It had an X rating. How do we get... So if we can get like the unedited... Please, somebody, anybody. Right, for that anniversary, if you're going to re-release any movie, let it be this one. I wonder if um, Rob Zombie has it. Something. But like a million dollars for it or something. So it's been one year since our telekinetic teen did her thing. Yep. We've got a cute lovebird couple out for a moonlit boat ride. They set anchor. In Manhattan? No. Oh. Ca- at Camp Crystal Lake. Okay. okay. They set anchor 
so that they can get down and dirty. That sounds awful. The anchor hits a power cord. And the power cord <laughs> brings Jason back to life. Yes. Come on, King. Come through. So Jason kills the people on the boat and the boat drifts him to a nearby boat dock where there is a cruise ship getting ready to set sail. And he just wanders onto the cruise ship? Yeah. Looking. <laughs> is he wearing the mask? At this point, he is masked and he is deteriorating. He is decomposing. And he, they're like, yeah, welcome to the carnival. Maybe he just hitched a ride on their anchor, right? It was just That's true. He could just hold on to the he, bottom. Yeah, he could just hang out outside of nope, the water. No, no, I refuse to picture it. I'm picturing him <laughs> just on the up. Lido deck yeah. with a drink mm-hmm. and a lounge chair, and that's the only way I'm picturing it. Yeah, he's got some amazing kills in this movie, but if you want to see him, go fucking watch it because it's worth it. It's that good. Takes Manhattan, is it? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so a good handful of the people on the boat do manage to survive. They get off on a lifeboat. A good handful of people on the cruise ship? Yeah. Is right. it a normal cruise ship? It's a whole high school class. It's their class reunion, oh. and they are going to New York City to celebrate. Okay, so but when like you the, say a cruise, I'm picturing like it's a not like a cruise. carnival cruise. No, okay, so I'm like, like that means that he's killing thousands of no, people no it's like a high, it's, it's a high school class okay so it's like a small mm-hmm. like a like a chartered boat yes but it's like a big ass boat no but, i know yeah. but i'm picturing like the steel drum For band sure. yeah, and yeah. like 10 stories mm-hmm. and the whole deal yeah no but i mean they've got the the special cabins and rooms and steam rooms and all that shit but yeah but do they have 24-hour free right. soft yeah, serve soft ice cream? Serve, no. How did you know that's what I was going to sure. say? Because yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that's the only thing I ever talked about my cruise was the 24-hour soft serve ice cream. But so a handful managed to get onto a lifeboat where they then drift to New York City, to Manhattan. Perfect. Right. So we got our country boy. Our woodsy country boy is hitting the city. With his flannel and his machete. He's ready, baby. And so this is really just like a whole new world for him. And at at what point is it Friday the 13th? When he comes back to life? When he's already in the city? When he comes back to life. Got it. Mm -hmm. And so he ends up like killing some gang members. Well, that's nice of him. He goes to a diner. (laughs) Perfect. Does he sit down? No, but like... He walks into the diner because the people are running through the diner, running away from him. And all the people just kind of stop and look at him. And he looks around and he just keeps walking. Again, I'm not picturing that. I'm picturing him sitting down. Yeah, just and like the waitress asking him what he wants and him being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-mm. Nope. And uh, he ends up, you know, killing some cops. Like, it's a whole new thing. He has two students left by the end of it. And I don't even remember how, but somehow they managed to knock Jason into a sewer Ew. tunnel. Okay. That also happens to be like toxic. Okay. Because the majority of Jason's adult body melts away. Uh huh. And all that's left at the end of the movie is like an 11 year old Jason in like the fetal position. Right. Right. Just kind of in the bottom of this sewer pit. I was thinking the opposite, that the toxic sewage was going to make him bigger and stronger. Yeah. I could go with that, too. But that's not how they went. Okay. Fine. So we're back to 11-year-old 
Jason. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because then we jump to 1993 mm-hmm. and we have the worst piece of shit that's ever been made in movie history. <laughs> I think we can agree that the early 90s did something to our horror movies that wasn't great. Jason goes to hell. Yep. It doesn't even try to pick up or explain. Mm -hmm. It just starts with Jason back in his adult form, back at Camp Crystal Lake. We have no fucking clue why, but the FBI has somehow managed to set him up. The FBI. Okay. All right. And they blow him up with grenades. Fantastic. Right? So his physical form is completely destroyed in little tiny bits and pieces but his heart is still beating oh well that's sweet okay so what do we do with this heart well the coroner eats it of course what (laughs) i i do not remember that yep the coroner eats it becoming possessed with jason's spirit perfect and because i chose i'm not going to rewatch this piece of shit i'm going based off my memory at this point uh, all I can really remember is I know that they get to the conclusion that it has to be from somebody from Jason's bloodline Kay. has to kill him. Okay, we're getting a little Halloweeny. Mm-hmm. And every time they try to kill him, the heart like comes to life. It's like this weird worm type thing, and it okay. crawls from body to body. It keeps okay. possessing new people. All right, I know it's the worst. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is how I remember the movie ending, right? They stab him with like this magic knife. Ooh. Right. It has something to do with the bullshit about the bloodline or whatever, but they finally fucking stab him and you see like all the souls of all okay. the people he's killed in the past, like being released. It's a lot of souls. <clears throat> and then the demons from hell are reaching up and like pulling him down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only fucking good thing to come out of this movie. Do you have any guesses? There's one huge thing that happens right at the end that sets us up going towards our future. No, I don't remember. The only thing left on the ground is the mask. Uh-huh. Freddy's claw. Oh, yeah. I do comes remember. from hell. Comes out of yes, the ground and yes. pulls the mask down. Which actually makes the whole movie make sense because they had to somehow get the movie to a place where they could introduce Freddy. Mm-hmm. And the only way they could probably think of to do it was this weird, contrived storyline and the demons of hell coming to get him and yada, yada, yada. I guarantee you that whole piece of shit garbage movie was a was setup just for to this. lead us into Freddy versus Jason. So you would think Freddy versus Jason would be the next movie. It's not? No. Oh, my God. Uh, what are they doing? Okay, I'm sending them an email right now. Go back in time and fix it. Well, this For is, sure that should be the next one. What was the point of having the Freddy hand? So this is the one time where they go really fucking wonky in our history timeline, right? Okay. Like Halloween was back and forth and back and forth. This is the one time in our timeline where they really fuck with me. So even though Jason X was obviously in the future. Yes. Right. Because isn't that like Jason in space? Exactly. Yeah. So it clearly happened after Jason versus Freddy would have actually happened, Jason X gets released first. They really fucked up. They should not have done that. So Jason X got released in 2001. Yep. So we were sophomores. And we went and saw it in the theater together. No. 
We didn't? No. Well, I at, saw it in the okay, theater. At some point, maybe, but I have a whole beef behind this because I was working at Coldstone Creamery. Oh, shit. Okay, guys, strap in. And I was like the nighttime shift manager. Mm-hmm. And they scheduled me to work the night this movie came out. Mm -hmm. And I was livid. Yeah. And I threatened to quit. <laughs> That's how much it meant to me. A fucking <laughs> sophomore in high school threatening to give up her job at Coldstone Creamery for this movie. So the owners, nice enough, somehow they managed to get me a bootleg copy before it came out. Hey. Which I still have. Perfect. Uh -huh. They got me a copy of the movie before it was even released in theater so I could watch it like a week prior so they could still have me work that shift. <laughs> Fantastic. Also, do you still have all those cards you filled out before you quit your job? Mm, a couple. So I ended up using those for a class I took at DVC on public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I told them all about like how you make ice cream. And it was like, I think it was my final project. And <laughs> I gave them each a free ice cream card. Amazing. Everyone before, in the class. Before B quit her job at Coldstone, they had those like reward stamp cards, cards. Mm -hmm. that if you come like 10 times on the 10th time on the 10th stamp, you got a free ice cream or whatever your I, next time. I got carpal tunnel stamping those she cards. She stamped so many illegal cards. Mm -hmm. She had a stack of them. She gave yeah. me a bunch. It was great. And the one that I still have like hanging up on the wall, even though I know it was stamped all the way, I think it's like starting to fade. So yeah. you can't tell that it was stamped. So no, it's one of those things you got to save. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I ended up passing out a free ice cream to everyone in the class. And I clearly got a fucking A. <laughs> Obviously. Also, this was back in the day. I don't think they do this anymore. This was back when you tipped them. They had to sing, mm -hmm. which was amazing. And I still sing some of those songs to Violet. Oh, um, if you think I'm sick. Is it sexy? Yeah. Well, no. And no. you like our ice cream. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I remember. I know. So Jason X starts in 2008, right? It was released in 2001. It starts in 2008. Our U.S. government has captured Jason. Oh, Right, okay. because apparently they blew him up with grenades. Yeah, I think they're just gonna pretend like Jason goes to hell doesn't exist. I think they realize. Fair enough. Right. Um, in the hopes of studying his rapid cellular regeneration properties. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. He naturally breaks through his restraints and kills all but one soldier. This soldier gets Jason in like a cryonic pod. But just as she goes to activate it to, like, seal him in, mm -hmm. he stabs her mm -hmm. and seals her in with him. Oh, perfect. Right? But they're both frozen in time before she dies. Mm -hmm. Right? And they're just kind of stuck there. Also, I love how futuristic 2008 was. <laughs> if only they would have known that we were still just pieces of garbage in 2008. Well, if you guys want any indication of what 2455's gotten kind for us... <laughs> We've completely trashed Earth and could no longer live there. Man, they really knew what was going to happen. So we have relocated to another planet, but we are still studying Earth. And we are sending our students back for research. And why not take a field trip to this research facility that held Jason? Right? For sure. Why not? I, I would legit want to go there. Course. They find him and they totally bring him back. So wait cryogenically frozen on a shithole deserted planet that I'm assuming doesn't have electricity anymore. 
<laughs> How is he still frozen? That's a great question. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, B. And they have a machine back on their ship that brings the soldier back to life. They don't think it works on Jason. They but, thought. Yeah. Yeah. We all know better. He clearly comes back to life and he fucking does his rampage, killing almost everyone on the ship. So at this point now, we've moved past the whole you have to be teens fucking around to just like you have to be in his vicinity. No, they're still teens. They're students. Oh, got it. Okay. They're stu- and they're still fucking. All right. I love. Well, I like the consistency. I mean, they're I have- on a spaceship, but they're yeah, still. Yeah, but teens t- are going to fuck no matter where you put Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And they've got new drugs, right? They've got yes. space drugs yes. and shit, right? Yeah. All right, fine. I like, the- I like that they're sticking to the. And we have a romantic relationship between a human and a robot. Well, no. that's so the future. We're very woke. <laughs> but uh, my favorite part of this movie is when they do the simulation mm-hmm. of Camp Crystal Lake. Do you remember this? No, to okay. be honest, I don't remember much about Jason X. So in order to, they want to like set up bombs on the spaceship, but mm-hmm. they can only do that if they can keep him busy. Okay. So they're like, we're going to create this full-blown simulation of Camp Crystal Lake. Right. With teenage girls whipping off their shirts. Yes. Like, hey, you want to fuck? Let's do some drugs. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. hey, boo-boo. And this is amazing because the way that he kills those two girls is he's got one in one sleeping bag and one trapped in the other. And he beats them. Yes, I do remember that. So and that pays homage to like, I think it was part seven where he does his first sleeping bag kill. Yeah. Locks the person up and then up against the tree. And also, I, I do like the simulation, even though we're in space and it's like a weird it's a really weird take on Jason. They take it back. Yeah, you get you get a little bit of the actual what you're there for. And now Jason the, killing people at a camp. Absolutely. And it was for sure like 80s vibes. The whole yeah. they like they took it all the way back. So Love was, it. Yeah. And very so, Star Trek. Mm-hmm, and he totally falls for that. He's having a fucking blast killing me. <laughs> so can you just leave me here? I tell you what, you leave me here, locked in here, and I won't kill any actual people again. Yeah. All right. So they set up their bombs, and they are trying to escape in, like, a little separate pod that can detach from the ship. Mm-hmm. Right? So they want to blow Jason up. But obviously, as the ship is blown up and they're in their pod, Jason, like, comes floating towards... <laughs> <laughs> man in a space like outfit comes flying and like oh takes god. him <laughs> oh my god and the two of them go plummeting oh. back towards i don't think it's earth i don't know where they they plummet towards some other fucking some planet. trash planet i don't even fucking know but the people on that planet see Jason like land mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, it's a shooting star. <laughs> but then they're like, wait a minute. I think we saw where that shooting star landed. Like, let's go check it out. And it's For back sure. at a lake. Right? Of course it is. Yeah, it's totally back at a lake. It's just a camp crystal lake on whatever fucking planet. Oh, my God. That's the funniest. Just what everything I said earlier about Jason being kind of dumb. I love the idea of him being so stupid happy in that simulation. Mm-hmm. Just here. There's a little bit of wine left. Behind. Yeah, but you don't want the peach. So, okay, fine. yeah, I'll take anyways. I wow. That's real love, guys. Um, Yeah, I love the idea of him just golden retriever happy in that simulation. 
And then I love the idea. I love the idea of him floating through space and having <laughs> no idea what's going on. No. <laughs> Just how confused is he? <laughs> Nothing's ever made me brought me more joy. <laughs> so watch just that part of the movie, guys. I'll watch the whole movie. It's All right. Amazing. You can skip to like the last half hour of the movie and catch the simulation. And the simulation, Jason in space. I love it. All right. I'm going to put the mic down so I can open my Natty Light Aloha Beach <laughs> Seltzer. Ooh. Because that's how I dropped my shit last time. So. Aloha Please Beach. Please pause. It sounds very authentic. How about you tell the story about these fucking seltzers? So, B's husband, Nick, went to Costco alone, which is always dangerous because Nick is a foodie and we love him and he loves spending his money on this shit. So, anywho, he comes home with, what, three cases? All different. All different. So, we got- Of seltzers. Because we're truly fans, right? I think, so it goes, Corona seltzers are our favorite. But that's only because- they have zero carbs. Right. It's it's better than lettuce, people. It's better than fucking lettuce. How do they do it? It's zero magic. Zero carbs, zero sugars, still the same booze as a Bud Light. It's fucking magic. So, and it tastes good. Right. So I'd say Coronas are my fave, but truly they do at Costco, right? The large yes. packs. So Truly's our go-to most of the time. Yep. Nick comes home with Natty Light seltzers. Um, we don't even drink Natty Light beer. Right. And we are trash beer people, but Natty Light's even too trash for us. Coors. Coors seltzers. seltzers and Bud Light seltzers? Again, no, because we've tried the Bud Light. Okay, sorry. Smirnoff. Oh, that's right. Sugar-free. <laughs> yep, the Smirnoffs. <laughs> so we have only opened the Natty Light so far. And so this week, we're, I'm going to take you down that taste test. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then the next couple of weeks, you'll get to hear about the other two. Yep, every week we'll give you a new an update seltzer review. How's yeah. your uh, Aloha? So this Aloha Beach I've tried, right? And it legit tastes like a um, a fuzzy navel. Which I hate. That you would get from 7-Eleven that I 1,000% got in high school at 7-Eleven. Oh, you and I used to drink them. No, exactly. Because there was the 7-Eleven right next to Pinky's Pizza. Mm-hmm. So we would go after school and we'd drink those fucking fuzzy navels because our my coworker, I guess, would buy it for us. I don't know how we got them. And then I'd go to work mm -hmm. at fucking Peaky's Pizza where I would get blasted out of my mind getting high with these fuckers and made bomb pizza. So I don't want to correct you on your own life. Oh, no. I don't think it was Pinkies. I think it was garlic. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> You're a thousand percent. I right. know I'm right. I preferred Pinky's Pizza. Yeah, of course. Pinky's Pizza was better, and that was the place to be. But I absolutely worked at Garlics. You worked at Garlics with an X. Mm -hmm. Pinky's was right, like a corner or two away from our school. Yeah, Pinky's was cooler. Pinky's is where everyone went after the football game, and they had and, the pinball machine. Yep, they had so. arcade games and stuff. And their you, pizza was superior. You worked at Garlics, which I is did. up the street from my parents' house, next to Taxis and. Bunch of like that weird uh -huh. cookie shop and um, Baskin I Robbins. That, I worked that whole fucking promenade. Yeah. Remember, I worked the ice cream. You and like all of my like mm -hmm. Johnny worked at taxis. Mm -hmm. Our other friend worked at taxis. I worked at taxis. I know. But that's what I'm oh, saying is yeah. I had like probably at one time. Like a friend at any other place. Yeah. And like four or five friends at taxis. Yeah. And then you and our other friend worked at Garlic's. Mm -hmm. And then we became friends with the people at Baskin Robbins. And then they tried to fire me from Garlic's. 
But then I got myself rehired like the next day. <laughs> yeah. I remember. But yeah, so that's where we're at. I can't people. believe I remember what pizza place you worked at better than you did. Better that's than me. So funny. I love it. I know. My if only my parents listened, I'm sure they would have been like, Oh bitch is fucking wrong or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it against you for the rest of your life. Oh, all right. So then finally. Can you guess the year Freddy versus Jason came out? <clears throat> Hold on. Can I ask a question? Of course. Are we under or over the age of 18? Depends. Mm. Well, if that's the case, then the year has to be 2003. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because B is like six months older than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 2003. Mm-hmm. Senior year. So Freddy Krueger has been trapped in hell for too fucking long. Mm-hmm. Because the parents of Springfield have found, or Springwood, sorry, have found a way to, like, drug the kids old enough to remember who uh-huh. he is. And anybody else just doesn't know about him. Right. right. They've kept him a secret because that's what gives him his power. Right. Right. So the parents figured it out. He's trapped in hell and he's pissed. Yeah. So he decides. Decides. <laughs> He, he disguises. Oh, I thought you were going to say decides. No. Okay, disguises. Disguises himself as Pamela Voorhees. Uh-huh. To convince Jason to rise again. Oh. But instead of going to Crystal Lake, sends him back to Springwood mm-hmm. to start scaring the kids again. Okay. Which he knew would result in like, rumors and whispers and eventually he would make it back into their collected consciousness exactly but what freddie didn't expect was that people were more afraid of jason (laughs) and he gets jealous yeah right so a group of teens including kelly Rowland, hey kelly right they come up with a plan to basically, like, set up one of their friends. They make one of their friends go to sleep. Oh, it's so fucked up. So that she can grab Freddy, and then they're going to wake her up and pull Freddy back into the actual world. But how will they know when she hasn't? Exactly. All right, fine. They've got, like, a timer set up, so she's got to watch, and they've got to watch, and she's got a certain amount of time. Like, okay, so right? they tried to explain They it. try. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they want to bring him back at Camp Crystal Lake. Okay. They want to give. And so why do they want? Because they think Jason can defeat him. They want to give Jason the fair advantage over. I love that there's teens in on this. Like it's a fucking MMA match. Yes, I know. Amazing. It's, It's the best, right? And so we've got water as Jason's weakness and fire as Freddy's weakness. Again, I don't feel like water should be Jason's weakness. He lived in it for years. I know, but it's because he drowned. It scares him. Okay, fine. Yeah. So the teens decide to use a gas tank on a boat dock. And they hope to kill both at the same time. Which I get it. I think it's a great fucking idea. Anytime fire is involved. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea, but if it, I was one of the teens, I would not be brave enough to do any oh, of that. Oh, fuck no. I, I wouldn't be, be there. Hell anywhere no. near any no. of these people. So Jason has the physical power, but Freddy's got the speed and the agility, so we've got a pretty... And the mental power. Freddy's uh, very smart. Absolutely. So we've got a, an even fight, all things considered. 
Jason ends up stabbing Freddy with his own claws mm-hmm. before he falls into the lake. And then the main girl finishes the job off by beheading Freddy mm-hmm. with Jason's machete. Okay. Okay. But the movie ends with Jason walking out of the lake once yep. again, and he's holding Freddy's head. Correct. Which winks directly at the camera. Yep. Right. So obviously we're not done. Obviously. Obviously. I don't even know what movie we're on anymore. Does that count as an official Friday the 13th sequel or is that a standalone? I'm inc- I'm including it. Okay. I include it as part of my. So that's like number nine. So that's 11. Oh, that's 11? That's 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nothing's we- came out since then? Yes. One last one. Oh, so there's 12. Yeah. Well, I was wrong. Yes, there's one. This one. Whew. I thought there was another one because I remember seeing it in the theater with Lou. And yeah. I, so obviously I was an adult. So I'm calling it Friday the 13th Re-Envisioned. Right. Right. Because we go back. That's 2009. But yes. I believe we do go back in time. It's so Jason to me isn't the same Jason. Right. I I already know what you're going to say because I felt the same way watching it. Like they almost made him out to be this like reclusive hermit survivalist. Right. Like you come onto my territory and I'm just going to fucking kill you. Right. Right. It's like he's not the same person, but they do... Keep it true to the story in that, like, they have the story about the moms coming to revenge her son's death Mm -hmm. and the lake in the 80s and the whole thing and being being beheaded by the counselor. But we are 30 years later. Yep. And the teens are going back to the woods looking for a weed farm. Fair enough. (laughs) I I feel you. I'm there. (laughs) Okay. Jason kills all but one girl. Who keeps because it reminds him of his mom. Yeah, I know. But even this is weird. It is. It's super weird that he would keep someone. Yeah. So six weeks from her abduction, her brother is going out to look for her. He comes across some other teenagers. They, of course, get killed. No one cares about them. But this brother catches Jason dragging one of their dead bodies to the location where his sister is chained to a wall in the basement. Oh, shit. Not good. Just like this natty seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to try. What is it? The lime, lime the can- raspberry. Yeah, the Catalina. Or, Catalina. Yeah, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I like how they named each flavor after a place. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, so... Once the brother gets down there with his sister, they again try to fake him out by the sister pretending to be Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah. And it does give them the opportunity to stab Jason in the chest with the machete. Gotta do more than that. And they try to dump his body in the lake because, of course, they believe he's dead. And once again, he jumps up from the lake. Oh, yeah. And he drags the sister into the water with him. Oh, yeah. And that's it. And that's it. Have you looked up if there's any new Friday the 13th coming out? In the works. Because all I've heard about are two more Halloweens. I haven't heard of any more Friday the 13th. But yeah, I do believe they owe us at least one more. So first thing that popped up, 
New Friday the 13th movie reportedly in the works. This is from wegotthiscovered.com. Yeah, we do. Slasher fans may be rejoicing soon as there are signs that the long Jason Voorhees drought is coming to an end. The iconic hockey mask killer uh, has been trapped in legal limbo due to never-ending litigation between franchise producer Sean Cunningham and original film's writer Victor Miller. However, after delays caused by appeals, COVID-19, and med- uh, mediation, it seems that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, blah, 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 blah. A new movie project for Friday the 13th is finally in the works. All right. I love it. I'm going way out into left field right now, but for some reason, I swear to you, I feel like LeBron James wanted to get like to dabble in the horror movie. I could see him doing that. And that, that feels like a LeBron James after, thing to after do. After seeing them bring back Michael and everybody else, he's like, it's been too long since we've seen Jason. And he like tried to hype that shit up. So. Yeah. And I, could I see know him doing I that. follow zero anything about basketball, but I swear LeBron James brought this up. <clears throat> All right. Uh, it's going to hurt me a lot to talk about LeBron James. It's physically painful. It's emotionally scarring, but I'll do it for you. I fucking hate LeBron James on the basketball court. I I fucking hate him. I hate him on the basketball court. And it's not because like, oh, he's so talented. And I'm just a hater. No. No. He's a fucking flopper. He's a crybaby. He's a whiny boy. He would never make it in 90s bully ball. I'm not a fan. The fact that you guys put him up there with Michael Jordan. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Michael Jordan was playing when that game was fucking rowdy and ruckus and dirty. And LeBron James could have never handled it back then. But outside of the basketball court, I have to admit, he seems like an incredible person. (laughs) He seems very funny and sincere. He does a lot for his community. He seems like a great guy to be around. He's a family man. And if he... Also, as a Friday the 13th I, I, fan I and a Jason fan, yeah. then mm-hmm. another reason. There's more uh, reasons to like him than to not like him. So, However. <laughs> that's my take on LeBron James. I love yeah. him as long as he's not on a basketball court. The yeah. rest of the time, I love him. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's it, you guys. Dude, that's my Friday the 13th history. That was amazing. That's and so, guy. overall, what are some of the similarities between Lake Bodom and... Friday the 13th. The years are fairly close. I thought that too. Yeah. When you first said the years, mm-hmm. they are close. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I guess in like the original killing, they didn't know who the murderer was of the first two camp counselors mm-hmm. after Jason drowned. Right. That yeah. went on for years before they finally put together that it was Mrs. Voorhees. And even though we don't have... An exact, we don't have an uh, actual name. It's unsolved Lake Bodum. It definitely sounds like it was probably a, at least a pretty sizable dude. Some yeah. dude who's hard to stop if Absolutely. he mm-hmm. killed at least three people and possibly maimed a fourth. Yeah, and then had time to either dispose of, hide, carry back whatever weapons. Yeah, and where the weapons the shoes go. And... Absolutely. And those were teenagers probably, I'm assuming, having a good time. Possibly drinking, definitely probably fucking. Why else go? Do you go camping? (laughs) Right, right. Like why else go to a fucking lake if you're not gonna be down to party? Two couples (laughs) in the woods. I'll post pictures of their tent, but it's so funny because I mean it's not funny, and their tent was ripped to shreds. But you could tell that their tent. I forget that back then the tents were literally like what you see on movies where it was like poles and a sheet. 
Yeah, not even. It's like sheets over a yeah, rope. No, uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, with like little stakes. You're yeah. like, oh fuck, I forgot that that was tents back then. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it's like we have this huge tent that's more than enough room for our family, and we pop it up easy. It's like literally two poles they you just cross over and together. pop up, and you're like, mm-hmm. ten minutes later, you got a full on living room for sure. So it's so funny. I'm like, look at that old timey tent. I don't know if I'd have ever gone camping back then. And then you had discussed that you had like another camp murder, but it has to do with kids. And we can all agree. Jason does not kill kids. Jason does not kill kids. It did not feel like the right fit for Jason. No. Um, I don't know if there is a movie that fits it. So it may be. There's a lot of uh, more true crime cases than not do not have a movie based on them. So there's right. a lot of true crime that we're never going to cover because, because there's no movie or even a movie close. I was mm-hmm. thinking of the Girl Scout murders and I that would be the perfect one for us to do because I'm a lifetime Girl Scout member as a Girl Scout from kindergarten through senior year of high school. I'm a lifetime gold member. But so I was is it on all. So it's a Girl Scouts, right? So it's, it's all a Girl girls. Scout camp. We could do sleepaway camp. I don't know if I've ever seen Sleepaway Camp. Well, I've got those. Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty crazy case. Mm -hmm. And I was even, not only was I a Girl Scout, I was a Girl Scout counselor, like a camp counselor. Mm -hmm. So it would be great. Well, speaking of camp counselor. Hit me. That's one of my outfits tonight. Hey, B's multiple looks of the week. Right. So I'm going to do the OG Mrs. Pamela Voorhees. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do... Jason in his first getup, maskless with the the hood, because I fucked up a pillowcase for you people. I might as well reuse it, right? I was gonna I was gonna ask you when you were doing it, is it um like a throwback to the town that dreaded sundown? A hundred percent. It's the same pillowcase. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my mask. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I figured I would break out Nick's old Boy Scouts of America. Was Nick a Boy Scout? Counselor. <laughs> He and Bobby. Why that's, did you marry the boy version of me? I know. No, he and Bobby. That's like, I don't know if that's where they met. I think that's where they met. I think that's I where their love story began. No offense to Nick, but Bobby has to be the best camp counselor of all time. Of all time. How great would that be if he was your camp counselor? So uh, I'm sure I'm going to ruin the story, but I, I know they've got a story where they're on the boy camp and the girls camp was like literally across the lake so yeah. you could like call out to each other or whatever yeah. and i feel like he and bobby were like trying to smoke weed on a canoe in yes. the air, like on the lake <laughs> amazing but yes i have his boy scouts of america counselor because figured- was he an actual boy scout or he was just a no, counselor. I think he was just a counselor. I don't think he was a Boy Scout. So I have so many pedophiles are in the Boy Scout organization because in the Girl Scouts, yeah. you have to be a Girl Scout to be a counselor oh, for the younger girls. Okay. But still, close enough. I love oh, that we have that in common. That's so great. Um. So yeah, we'll do that one day. Not next week, but we'll do it someday. I just learned about another one too that I want to do, but the reason I learned about it was because of my favorite murder. So we'll give it some time. I don't want to do it right after them. Right. Um, anyways, how, what else? Anything else? No. How's your Married at First Sight going? Finished. You finished? I did. You're at the end of season six. I am. So it was finally episode 13 that Blondie Molly, we get to see her true colors. I fucking told you. Episode 13. The best episode number. Uh, so 
They're in Orlando. And For the like second honeymoon, right? Air correct. Quote. The mini moons. Mini All moons. the mini moons go bad. All of them. For real. All of them. So they're in Orlando. They had a great day. Apparently the cameras are off because it's mm-hmm. like past hours. Mm-hmm. And they're at a bar and Molly's talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think his name is John. He gets pissed. And she starts like calling him names. So he records it. Secretly. Yes. Mm -hmm. But she catches on. And so it's the first time we get a glimpse of what she's like off camera. Told you so. I know. Right. I got a burp coming. And um, so they've got Dr. Jessica who comes to talk to them when they get back. She talks to Molly first and she's like, so tell me about the trip. Is there anything that you regret doing or mm-hmm. regret saying? And she's like, no. Trying to hint around. Mm-hmm. And then she meets with John. He shows her the video where we hear her call him disgusting. You're disgusting. You're stupid. You make my skin crawl. Ugh, so hurtful. Right. Jessica deems it verbally, mentally abusive. Like Fair enough. Right. And Molly's just like, no, I disagree. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's just how I felt in the moment. Like, he aggravated me, and so he deserved it. Okay. So at this point, he's... But once again, if 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 roles were reversed, it'd be a real problem for everybody. Oh, yeah. If he said those hurtful things to her off camera... It would be completely different. Mm-hmm. Right. So here we are almost two months into the marriage. Apparently, she's been like this to him the whole time Mm -hmm. once the cameras are off, which we're just now being informed of. Right. And he's getting zero nookie. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, come on. Like, I know I'm not an unattractive person. (laughs) Eh, You're not. But also, I wouldn't be attracted to him. I know. But his personality does not do it for me. And apparently that that same thing goes for Molly. Yeah, but but I wouldn't be a fucking bitch to him. I wouldn't like say awful things about him exactly i honestly don't i wouldn't have gone that far i would have been like you know what this ain't working for me Mm -hmm. this isn't like let's not waste our time so that was their mini moon and they did they obviously got divorced shawnice and jeff d go to vermont and it made me think of us like that would have been our mini moon you and me (laughs) yeah because we talk about the the fall colors and totally i'd love it they go to a corn maze yep but the corn maze is bad news for them. It goes all wrong. Oh, my God. They cannot communicate. They cannot get through the maze. And it is just like, all right, well, there goes our marriage. If we can't get through a maze together, what are we going to navigate together in life? <laughs> so funny. That's a lot of pressure to put right. on a corn maze. Again, if they would have talked to you, you could have told them about how you guys went to a haunted corn maze. And, and immediately made our own exit. because we each other. No, and made our own exit because we couldn't ever figure out how to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just... Cut through the corn. And left each other to the demise of yes, a chainsaw. Absolutely. We would have we would have pushed small children out of our, yeah. our way. I don't care. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Yeah, totally. And then the other couple I just don't like. I don't like either of them. He's like the fireman. Yes. So And she's the one whose fiance just died. Correct. Ryan and Jacqueline. And they are up and down, up and down, up and down. And he is a weird bird. I cannot get a reading on him. I am. I feel you. He feels very, because he feels like 
he definitely wants to be perceived a certain way. When they talk, the two of them, he and Jacqueline, he's one person. Yeah, and even when like... When he's out with the boys and doing his own thing, he is a completely different person. And even how he talks to the camera. Yeah. Like, you can tell there's a way he wants to be perceived as a man and as a husband and whatever, but then his actions don't back it up. Absolutely. So if it's just words, then it Absolutely. doesn't mean anything. Yep. And... um. My new favorite doctor. I can't remember right now. What's his name? The pastor. Pastor Cal? Yes. He calls him out so hard. At dinner. So yeah. hard. And our boy Jeffy does too, doesn't oh, he? All of the guys are like, because he doesn't want to give up his apartment. Something like, I want to sublet it after all of this is said and done. Like, even if we decide to get married, I'm not going to get rid of my apartment. They're just like, bro, why would you go at her with that? Like, what do you think she's going to respond with? Like, that's weird. Yeah, I guess. Um, Oh, shit. I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyways. So Ryan and Jacqueline do decide to stay together. But I don't think they stay together. They last like 10 months total that ain't pretty good yeah um obviously shawnee's and jeffy stay together still together and have a baby but according to them like it was a rough first year i'm sure like they barely made it through the first year but now they have a beautiful baby who's not a baby she's like two now but still yeah so they're happily ever after i mean in all fairness my husband and i oh it was their gift to each other. Their fucking gift. What did Jeffy give her like right before decision day? Do you remember? Oh, my God. All I can think about is that dinner where she gave him socks. Um, He That's... gave her what? Socks. Ah! Ah! <laughs> yes, Jeffy. I love it. And were they super boring like yes. work socks? Yeah, they were like fruit of the loom. Yeah, he's all here for the gym. But then he also got her super sexy lingerie be- because that was the first thing she went out and bought for herself yeah. for him. And he's like, I-, I don't need that. Like, I'd rather you just be naked. That's always my husband's and point of view. And she's like, it's not for you. And so he went out of his comfort zone and actually had to go into the store and buy something for her. He's, and like, I remember, I think they had a fight or something and he went out of his comfort zone. Remember it? There was like, was it bowling or something? Like he did something and he was like in a parking lot and he had flowers. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you could tell that he was really uncomfortable, but he was really trying. Oh, and that's just it. So he went from being just cold and stubborn and I'm not in this to, oh, fuck, if I don't start putting in some effort and trying to adjust mm-hmm. to this person this is never going to work and so he started to realize that her idea of romantic was different than his and that's when he did he showed up with the roses and they went roller skating oh that's what it was roller skating mm-hmm. and so even though it wasn't super lovey-dovey it was still romantic and fun and they laughed. I love them. Their They're whole relationship couple. is making each other laugh yeah. and yeah, the way they like bite each other. And... They're both so cute. Mm-hmm. I love them. And so, yeah, now they're still married and they have a baby, baby Laura. Yes. And I think she just turned two. She's two. Mm-hmm. And I love that Jeffy wears Crocs and they got Laura matching Crocs cute. and it just makes me so happy. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. 
And then who cares about John and Molly obviously didn't stay together. And no, then- but John, you're right. John hooks up with Dr. Jessica. Yeah. They're engaged. Yeah. They were supposed to get married this year, but didn't because of COVID. And so that Dr. Jessica is that the same doctor Correct. on his season, right? She, so she's out after that because that would just be weird. No, she's on season seven. Is she? Yeah. Oh. So I don't think that they know yet on season seven. They're okay. probably keeping it on the low low. Probably. Yeah. Because people, I guess, call them out on the internet like, that's unethical. And burp, burp, right. Yeah. Nope. She was. She could. She's in it on season seven. I can't remember if she's on season eight or nine. And I, I want to say I feel bad for Molly. Apparently, she got like deaths, death threats, and all sorts of shit. <laughs> Definitely don't deserve death threats. No. That's crazy. Yeah. Although I do like the follow up. Was she the one who was like with her best friend, and she's like, if there's anything you could like change about me or whatever, and her friend like grilled her. So again, you're confusing her with another blonde with the blonde. But that- hold on, not again, That's- because. I was always correct about Molly right from the beginning. I wasn't confusing her with anybody. I, but I still, I think. Now you, I'm confusing yeah. her with another blonde. You cannot say again. I, I had do, her right I the do. first time. No, because you made her out to be so evil. But I was right. I, would, I just said you have to wait. Yeah, I don't think she was that bad. Mm. I, th- I think that you combined episode or season. Fuck what? Four or five <laughs> with season six. I think those two, because. You like made it seem like she moved out immediately because you're like, he lost his job. He didn't have any place to live. And then yeah. she leaves, but she doesn't. She lives there the whole time. I think you don't remember what I said. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on you. I don't think you heard me correctly or you but remember it properly. either way, yes, there was the other blonde from the other season. They barely made it two weeks. And it is. It's kind of similar, right? A similar situation. But Molly, she stuck it out. <sighs> oh, great. The, Thanks, she, Molly, for fucking nothing. Yeah, she put on the face for the cameras. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see her. Maybe she's a different person with somebody that she's attracted to. But like I said, even if I wasn't attracted to a person, I could still be kind to them. Right. I could still be a decent, nice person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're disgusting. You you make my (laughs) skin crawl. Like, there's no need for all that. Calm down. (sighs) All right. There you go, guys. Married at First Sight Season 6. Watch if you haven't watched it. I'm a couple episodes into Season 7, but I haven't watched it in like two weeks. Yeah. I haven't been watching anything. I watch Bake Off every once in a while, and that's it. Did you finish your book? I finished my cheesy yeah. sex book. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called Lords of London. Yeah. It's so awful. <laughs> I still read it. It's entertaining. It's awful. Yeah. You have to really just ignore some things. Yeah. It's so over-the-top dramatic with the way they speak to the type of violence that there is where you're like, nobody's really doing that shit. Like at some point, he so makes... a lot like the Friday the 13th. No, dude. No, man. At some point he makes somebody like cut their own penis off with like a piece of glass. Oh, and you're like, that's not happening in real life. Yeah. And yeah, the way he talks is awful. And like, there's supposed to be like a guy in their inner circle. That's like real crazy. And he's like so crazy that he like sees his dead girlfriend and he like has comfort. And you're like, all right, this is just too much. Yeah. I read the whole thing. The sex was great. The rest of it was garbage. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want? Are they going to make a sequel? Probably. Am I going to read it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else do we have? To I got to see what happens next. Right? What else do we have? To <laughs> now do? I'm reading like a, um, like a police procedural mystery type. It's not a police procedural, like a mystery. Okay. So there you go. There you go. But yeah, if you guys want a terrible, awful book, 
Lord of London is for you. <laughs> it's the one. There's some great sex scenes. You could just fast forward to the sex scenes and that's what I normally do. Forget the rest of it because yep. it's not great. I think that's what a lot of the people I work with thought I was doing at work. <laughs> for real, it's like the opposite of Fifty Shades. Like Fifty Shades has so much sex that I was finding myself skipping past sex scenes to get to the storyline. Yeah, where I'm like okay, but what happens next? Right. Because the, this is gonna just go on. This is and the on. fifth time they're having sex today. today. Yeah, we got to get what else is happening. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Nice money book review. Love it. Um, all right. Anything else, B, Friday the 13th? Right before we break the podcast again, which <laughs> my fucking rambling. No, I think we'll just Woo! reel it in. Well, well, if I had to give Bodum a rating, I'm going to give oh, it a yeah. fat one. Another one skull. That's two weeks in a row. Yeah, that was a piece of... Bleh. Yeah, but you know, maybe the finish one was better. I I would again, I would love to see Lake Bodum, yeah. which was 2016. But it we looked can't like an speak. actual movie. But All I'm right. sorry, I'm not going to read foreign subtitles for you guys. There's only so much I'm willing to do. I know so many great uh Netflix kind of murder mystery procedural shows come from like Sweden, Norway, yeah. Finland. And they don't have the subtitles. They do the thing where it's the English, like it's still them. The voiceover. The, the English voiceover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can never, and it always looks so good. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't get over the fucking. Nick can't do that either. The mouth moving nope. over the, the he, words being He pronounced. can always tell if the voice, like if the sound's just a little bit off from the words. Yeah, And me too. I'll, and I'll it, never notice it until he points it out. And then I'm like, thanks. No, I notice it right away and it's all I can notice. And yep. I try, I try to look everywhere else on the screen besides their mouth and, and not, I can't. Mm-hmm. I just focus in and then I just lose all sight of what's happening. Yeah. So anyways. Anyhow. I'm excited though because um all the Christmas movies are coming out. All the cheesy ones. Okay. All the like romantic holiday. You gonna let me cover Krampus on the podcast? You gonna Yeah. Put, so gonna we can <laughs> you know, so B and I rented out a whole movie theater. You can rent it out for a hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a private viewing. Yep. We're doing it in December with our families to go see Elf. Elf. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's great. A hundred dollars which I'm like like I said, if Lou and I take my two oldest kids to the movies, it's, it's 50, 50 bucks. bucks right easy, easy. Mm-hmm. easy. So $100 for a whole movie theater to yeah. yourselves. If you split it with a, fam- with a couple families. And we get to bring cupcakes. I told him it was a birthday party. Oh, right. Because it's in between our husband's birthdays. Uh-huh. And so I asked, I'm like, can we bring a cake? And they said, we don't allow cake, but you can bring cupcakes. That's a weird rule to have. I know. But I'll take it. I'm fucking bringing cupcakes. Wait until they know how much wine I'm bringing in my purse. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> Bailey's all, how do I sneak a whole cooler in without them noticing? I, what do you mean? How? I know exactly which purse I'm bringing. <laughs> no, but I'm picturing like a camp cooler. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like the size of a briefcase we have to pretend one of our children's has a disability and we're gonna put them on the cooler covered in a blanket um anyways what was i talking about the movie theater i know oh krampus is one of the ones you could rent for the movie i know Uh, uh, yeah so i was like for what you and me yeah (laughs) exactly but we do because i do i watch that every year yeah, it's my course. favorite christmas movie. It's the best christmas movie um <laughs> that national lampoon which was another option mm-hmm. was it it was i didn't see it on the yeah, list national lampoons up there i know but we have little kids who won't get it yeah stupid kids I know, so they ruin everything anywho all right 
Fantastic. More things to talk about in December. First, we have to get through Thanksgiving. I know. Is, so, right? Is there a true crime about a turkey baster? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there has to be. Um, if you guys want to see pictures of this week's podcast, bees, you know, multiple, you want to see pictures of this week, multiple looks of the oh, week. I mean, Halloween was hard to top. And then I'm like, oh, motherfuckers, I'm in on Woo! this. Jason's her boy. This She's ready. Um, can I just tell you real quick how Please. happy I am that what a fun podcast we're having. Yeah. What a great time we're having doing this. And just Friday the 13th just feels so special. It does. B and I, by the way, guys, this has always been our favorite day. We have a long history of celebrating it together, even as adults not living in the same town. Yeah. We send each other pictures and gifts and memes, and this is our shit. So we are very, very happy today. This is probably, I probably had more fun doing this podcast than I did doing Halloween. It's it's a weird kind of sentimental. It just has a special place in our heart. It does. The day, the movie, the killer. Well, for instance, like... On Halloween, it never even crossed my mind to send a text out to certain people. Today, of anyone, can you guess who I sent a text out to? Me. Pierce. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm all, well, you always send a text to me. Pierce, right? Yeah. I talked to him once in a blue moon. Like, he sent me a text when the fires were going on. Pierce is someone Mariah and I have known since the sixth. No, he's a we year were younger seventh, than us. Seventh, he's in sixth. Yeah, we were in the seventh grade. He was in the sixth grade. Like we've known him forever. forever. He was at my wedding and the whole. And I think that was like the last time I saw him physically. Yeah. was at my wedding. But we still. But still yeah, text so him it's Friday the thirteenth, and so it's like four twenty and Friday the thirteenth are the days I remember to text him, and he always remembers like my birthday and like when our town's on fire <laughs> love it love it <laughs> but yeah that's just how sentimental the day is like that's the type of feels i get it's that's the how best. far back it takes me it's mm -hmm. our favorite we're so happy to share it with you guys to see pictures thc podcast on instagram thc true on twitter true hollywood crime on facebook there's a tiktok out there you Here know, there. <laughs> tell a friend, tell a family member, like, Share subscribe, it. comment, download, stream. I don't Whatever know all the things. Do. Or just keep listening. Because we'll be here. Good enough. We're going to do this even if nobody listens. Yeah. So we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We're like Jason. We just keep coming we back just, for more. <laughs> that's right. If you really love B, you'll leave her a comment. <laughs> She'll be so excited. Give me something. I run I run all of our social media. I will send it to her at work and, and she cry. will lose her mind, I promise. Um and we'll think of something for next week and until then, we will see, see you, you next, next time. time. Bye guys. <laughs> a tall tale is definitely how I'm going to kind of describe my movie that I watched. So you had recommended Lake Bodum, which I did find, but because it's a foreign film, I only found it with foreign subtitles. Yeah, because they did make, uh, well, apparently more than one mm -hmm. movie about this case in particular. Like I said, we're using this as an excuse to do Friday the 13th, but B did watch a movie about the murders at Because Lake I Bodum. care about you guys. <laughs> Obviously. Right? Would I ever read subtitles to watch a foreign film with my husband? Absolutely fucking not. But for you, for you people. <laughs> and actually, I think, I don't know what episode it was, but there was one episode where I had mentioned subtitles. And you're like, I'm not fucking doing that for no, you. exactly. So yeah. Look at this personal growth. It's She's doing happening. it for us. Not only was it subtitled, it was more found footage. Mm.
films. <laughs> you know how much I fucking love that. Yep. So here's probably the only accurate part of the movie is on a blank screen. We have the sound of a typewriter and it's June 4th, 1960. Four teenagers go camping at Lake Bodom, Finland, and all but one are killed by dawn. Right? So that's probably the only accurate thing out of this whole fucking movie. From there, they basically turn it into two media students who are trying to work on like their senior thesis. They decide to do a documentary about the lake murders and they go to Lake Bodom. And I'm going to refer to them as Nikki and Terry because they're real names. It's like a Nikki and Patiri or something. So we're just, we're going with Nikki and Terry. Yep. All right. So it's worth noting in the interviews with the people that they all kind of mention almost how obsessed Nikki is with the original crime case and the murders. Mm. It's something she's very passionate about. Terry, not so much. She's kind of just along for the ride, kind of riding her coattails. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's fucking do this senior thesis. You do all the work. You're so passionate about it. I'll film it. Mm -hmm. Right. So they do arrange an interview with the sole survivor. For some reason, none of that video footage was recovered, so we just get to hear a little bit of the interview. And they're asking him, like, what do you remember from that night? And he gets super ag, like, so irritated. He's like, look at my body. Look at the scars on me. I am constantly reminded of what happened that fucking night. Like, how could I ever forget what happened that night? And he just, like, starts yelling at them and they have to leave because it just sets him off so bad, Mm -hmm. right? And they discuss that over the past 30 years, at least 27 girls have disappeared in that forest. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, they decide to take this tiny-ass little plane to the lake, right? This little Mm -hmm. tiny plane. And then they rent, like, a beater-ass car. Okay. And the whole time, Terry's complaining, like, how are you finding these things? Like, how are we just traveling to the middle of nowhere? And she's like, I found it all on the Internet. You can find anything on the Sounds Internet. Sounds like a trap. Right? Sounds like bad business with this girl. Mm-hmm. And so, and even the, like, cabin that she found is, there's, like, no electricity. It's mm-hmm. in the middle of fucking nowhere, but it's right by this lake. And they are bickering the whole way. And we see them pull up to the house. And when they look through everything, like, they notice how dilapidated everything is. And they're like, they question who would even own this place. Like, Mm -hmm. why it would be on the internet. It does come up. And she just, again, brushes it off. Like, oh, you know, people, they're just trying to make a buck. No big deal. So they go to the lake. And they do find a couple just like i don't know looking at the scenery it's pretty i guess but it's also snowing Mm -hmm. it's like freezing cold and it's in the middle of nowhere but sure i guess that's where i would be looking at a frozen lake where people died (laughs) yeah with no electricity in my cabin yeah Uh uh-huh and they ask the couple what they know about the murders and the girl's way more serious about it like she believes the stories about what happened about the people and the killer never being found and that he still lives out here today and Mm -hmm. that he still takes the girls and this and that. 
And the guy jokes and makes like a shitty snarky comment like, yeah, he takes the girls back to the woods where he impregnates them and they have a fucking cult and this and that like, ha, ha, ha. Okay. Right. I know. Super creepy. So Terry invites them back (laughs) to their place for a couple drinks that night. (laughs) Like, oh, they were a fun couple. It'd be great to get them liquored up and get them on camera for another interview. This is always the point in every horror movie where I'm like, this fucking kill them. They don't deserve it. Right. And so um, Nikki's pissed. She knows that Terry's going to get wasted. She's taking all of this beyond seriously. She's like, absolutely not. But of course, they show up and they get fucking wasted. And as they are hanging out, they find like a rattle, like an old antique type of children's rattle. It's like a baby's rattle? Kind of. Ugh. Right. And she just, and Nikki just happens to mention, like, she's been finding something similar to this at home once a month for the past year. Oh. Yeah, because that's not odd or worth bringing up before any of this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, they're just like, oh, well, there's no coincidence there. No big deal. (laughs) Wait, if this guy really is taking women and impregnating them, how are they getting antique baby rattles? that's what this whole fucking movie just really goes off. Yeah, the just speed, just speed through it because we want to get to the good one. Yeah. All right. So the couple shows up. They end up getting too drunk, and Terry reveals that Nikki was from an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And then we find out in the backstories of the interviews that Nikki and Terry had been at a party together where everybody was given GHB, uh-huh. and they basically had a huge fucking orgy. Oh. Terry sees it as an orgy. Nikki sees it as her being raped. Yeah, fair enough. Right. And so what it looks like is it looks like Nikki set Terry up, Mm. brought him out into the middle of nowhere, where eventually the four, the mystery couple they met at the lake and the two of them, they end up getting killed off. Nikki obviously is the sole survivor. Mm -hmm. Right. We never find the killer. We see glimpses of him on the found footage. Okay. But based on the interaction between him and Nikki, it's almost as if they know each other. Oh, now that would have been a great plot twist to a movie. Yeah. So that is how the movie ends is like she is scared for her life, but she's saying like, I've gotten your gifts like and I brought him to you. Oh. Yeah, so... Don't you wish they would have done that, like, two-thirds of the way in, and then the last third would have been with her and him? Right, and so the whole movie's basically questioning, like, well, who is Nikki, right? Who's the real Nikki? Because they claim that they go back to the orphanage, and the orphanage is like, we don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Dude, it's just like... um the third Chris Nolan Batman with Tom Hardy. Did you ever see that one? Fuck no. Oh. <laughs> Never mind then. Yeah. The point is, is that uh, Batman's working with this girl, like a real person, not like a, a villain or anything, like an actual person in Gotham. And the whole time you think she's one thing and you think Tom Hardy is the bad guy and he's Bane and he is the bad guy. But then you find out the real bad guy is this girl that that Batman's been working with the whole movie. Okay. And Tom Hardy's just kind of like her henchman, like yeah. her main man. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great twist to your yeah. Bodom movie. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen. And I mean, again, so the other language, the subtitles, the fact that it was found footage and it was only like an hour long. Mm-hmm. So that's Bodom 2014. <laughs> All right. There you go, guys. That was 
B's review of Bodum. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the whole episode. We had the time of our lives recording it again on our favorite day. So if B was here, she would for sure say love you. Bye. But it's just me. So once again, thank you for everything and we'll see you next time.